following episode of Days of Thunder is brought to you as part of the PWOM Podcast Network. Subscribe to PWOM now to enjoy other fine podcasts talking wrestling of the past, the present, and much, much more. Let's start the show. Thunder Rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway, coming to you as part of the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm your host, your New Year's Eve Eve on Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I'm joined by the perplexed Stagger Lee Malone. Lee, how are you this week? <laughs> I'm trying to work out that the New Year's Eve Eve. Well, because it's our second last show of the year of 1998. Okay, so we're yeah. the 30th of December now? We're the 30th of December, effectively. Oh, well, okay. it's 17th of December in canon, but yeah, yeah. It's our second last 1998-based <laughs> show, if you don't include our Thunder Awards. Which is really strange, isn't it? I Yeah, it, it certainly felt like times uh, where we were just never going to get out of 1998. <laughs> Take that for what you will. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like us and Vince McMahon perennially stuck in 1998. <laughs> Except we actually want to get into 1998. <laughs> um, how have you been, pal? Tired. <laughs> really tired. Yeah. Um, it's been a long week, two weeks. How when did yeah. we record Dark Side of the Ring? Two we- a week ago? Uh, about a week and a half ago, yeah. Yeah, God, it's just ever since then, it just, like, time has just not existed. Yeah, time is a flat circle, my friend. Um, it's warm. <laughs> yeah, it's un- it's like people will say when I say it's unseasonably warm, I don't mean it is summer. Yes, but it's also Ireland. Like we wouldn't expect to. I think it was twenty two degrees the other day Celsius. Yeah. Um, which is a bit rough, especially when you have to work. And the fact that it then starts raining at the most random times for a couple of hours, and it's just really weird weather. Yeah, I was telling you uh, off the air that I was at a work thing today um, that was like outdoors on a country estate. It was like, (laughs) these are the spaces you need to find to have work meetings now uh, where you can maintain (laughs) social distancing. Um, These like old Georgian manor estates. But um, anyway, yeah, uh, it was like I was roasting hot. I was standing there in a t-shirt and shorts and it was also pissing rain. (laughs) Like, that's just Ireland for you. That's why, like, I, I was uh, training with my uh, kids' football team today, this evening, and I was like saying to the other coach, I was like, "It's amazing. I left work later the day before, and it was like bright until I want to say half ten, and like six o'clock in the evening, and it's grey and dark, and yet still incredibly warm. It's something I've noticed <laughs> as well. It's really throwing my animals off." Yeah. They'd know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> is it bedtime? Is it time to get up? Um, yeah, they're really, really confused. Uh, I, I used, as I am. Yeah, I used to find that with uh, with the dog. It's like she'd get incredibly hyper at like ten o'clock in the evening, just as it's getting like dusky. Yeah, 
and they'd be like, no, now is not the time to be getting excited. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm I'm the same as yourself. It's been like it's been a week, uh, work wise. Like it's things are because restrictions are starting to lift. Things around my work are, st- are starting to get like more and more um, active as we mm-hmm. head into the summer. So you're probably gonna be hearing some tired podcasts uh, <laughs> in oh, yeah. in June. <laughs> I particularly think of, I was talking to my, my, um, the, the guy I work with in the project today and he was just saying that like, uh, oh, we have, um, we're, we're hoping to start like, uh, do you know, another group maybe too. It's like, oh, cool. Is it small numbers like the other ones? And he goes, well, so far we've had, um, we're expecting 60 people. Oh God. Yeah. So let you know how that one goes because uh, <laughs> that is going to take years off my fucking life if that moves ahead at those numbers but uh yeah it's just one of those things where things are getting real busy um so i'm, I'm almost glad of the space to sit down and talk about thunder <laughs> who knew this this uh, podcast will turn out to be a good thing in our lives yeah this is this is actually what we needed this is our reflection <laughs> space but hey, look, actually, before we get into anything wrestling related, I want to do a big shout out. Uh, happy Pride Month to all our, our, our Thunder buddies out there. Anybody who might be listening. Um, yeah, basically, it was kind of um, it, it's shy because part of my um, work is, is working with LGBT young people and we just haven't really got to celebrate Pride the last mm-hmm. two years. So it kind of sucks because I was like, really hoping that this year things might clear up in enough time for us to like take a trip up to dublin pride but dublin pride's not even happening and you know it was such a big thing in dublin for the last i want to say like what 10 years yeah it's been such a big event and like such amazing crowds and the scene like the pictures that come over are just phenomenal yeah but uh, yeah, no, just a, just a happy pride to everybody, mm-hmm. all uh, any Thunder buddy all across the world. There, um, it's just it's just a fantastic month of of, of celebration and reflection on uh, on the the great work of the LGBT community and of uh, you know how we can be uh, better allies as well mm-hmm. as to in in like um, it painfully straight men. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we should mention that you put an awesome new uh, header on our Twitter page. Oh yeah, our, uh, our our pride flag will be there for the month of June, and our little twibbon as well, which is the first mm-hmm. time I've used that website, and that was weird. Um, I've I've never. I, I, it felt like am I signing away? Like am I signing a marriage license or selling one of my kidneys with this plugin for Twitter? I don't know. You, yeah, you I got a real I, panic moment where something logged into Twitter, and you're like, oh shit, we've yeah. been hacked. I don't like them sites at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nick Lambros is coming for us finally. <laughs> better Nick Lambros than Nick Khan. That's all I was going to say. Oh, yeah, better him than Jerry McDevitt anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, on the wrestling front, uh, the two of us uh, stayed up on one of our pay per view Zoom calls over the weekend and, and had a look at Double or Nothing, the latest AEW pay per view. Um, Again, as we always say when we're talking AEW, we, we kind of talk about it because there's a lot of parallels with WCW, and we mean that in a good mm. way, mostly. Um, this is usually the Boom Goes the Dynamite territory, so I would recommend if you want hot, fresh AEW content that you check them out on this very network. Um, from the human content mati- machine, Jeffrey himself, no less, uh, and Ball, a quality podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you think of Double or Nothing on the whole, without getting too into things? <sighs> A really good pay-per-view. Yeah. 
overall a really really good pay-per-view very enjoyable um had its down moments but i think like the opening if you include the pre-show i think the opening four matches Hmm. were really really hot and then after that like say it was up and down and i didn't love the rest of the card but i can't say it was a bad show yeah i like i said i love that opening stretch of the show I loved the the pre-show match, mm-hmm. the um, the Serena D. Brijo match, which was just like just kicked all kinds of ass, and in some ways, unfortunately, overshadowed the AW Women's title <laughs> match in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, it was hot. It was amazing getting to see a hot crowd, hot, fully uh, stocked crowd. There was it four thousand mm-hmm. people they had or something. I think it was something about that. Yeah. Yeah, so it was awesome, and like it was a proper hot crowd. Like yeah. they were losing their minds uh, for everything. I think we got, we got to see some of the best of some people in AEW. I think it was the best we've seen Brian Cage in, mm-hmm. in oh, WC, for sure in AEW, yeah. for example. Um, it was obviously the best we've seen Sting. Sting had an actual match, and he took off his shirt and he did a dive, <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> and as some people have remarked, maybe the best. Uh, way to work into a scorpion death drop we have ever seen yeah. one of the best counters i've ever seen yeah yeah and like i kind of you know some people i i get being over the weekly routine of like uh, in the derby segment sting just comes out all the time and doesn't really do a lot or sting goes to do an interview segment and gets interrupted constantly i get people who are a little bit over that but as a dad and lad tag team i i could live with darby and sting doing one of these every couple of months um, oh yeah I'd like happy i mean they've done they've now done the cinematic match on pay-per-view yeah. they've now done the sting regular match on pay-per-view mm-hmm. they're gonna pop a rating for a sting match on tv yeah this is how it's gonna go it's gonna be a tag yeah. match on tv next then it'll be a singles match on pay-per-view and they're gonna just go in stages yeah. and stages and that's exactly what you should be doing the uh the tag match was one of my favorite matches oh, of the year. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. A- incredibly uh hot match. Like even just the the entrance of Mox and Kingston alone. Uh and as boy. somebody pointed out, Moxley kicking in the door yeah. exactly in time with the first world thing. Incredible. The man gets it. At- like Mox getting so hyped up that Kingston was pissing himself laughing <laughs> as they were walking out to the ring, and then just the match itself was incredible. Like the so Young Bucks, awesome. the Young Bucks have really. There were some matches last year. I'm like, oh, I might be over the Young mm-hmm. Bucks here, but they've actually done. I have really not liked a lot of the elite stuff they've been doing, but they, in the context of just their matches, have done a great job of making themselves the hateable young bucks of old. Mm. And in this match, they were fabulous heels. And there were so many uh, false finishes I bit on. And they were great. I think everybody's talked about it now, but there's like a great mox hot tag about halfway through that the crowd lost their minds Mm -hmm. for. And you thought, wow, that was incredible. This match must be ending soon. But then it builds and builds again to an even hotter Eddie hot tag. And it was just great. Um, I heard the Grapple Boys saying like, um, that when the the Kingston hot tag happened, like uh, they they had tears in their eyes, <laughs> like because it's just like no one deserves that hot tag pop more than Eddie Kingston. But do you know what? Even after the entrances were over and the match was just beginning, there was already an Eddie chant. Yeah, and it was just like you know what? No man deserves this more in this card than Eddie Kingston. And then, like you said, he got that phenomenal pop for the hot tag at the end. Mm. I. 
so I, I think I shared the sentiment with a lot of people that I didn't care too much for the Cody match. Mm. Um, it was what it was. It was kind of on the indulgent side of Cody things. I'm not as down on Cody as a lot of other people are, but I think sometimes he gets too indulgent. And I don't mind him necessarily beating Anthony Agogo in the guy's first match in the mm-hmm. new, you know what I mean? Like, if this were real, the guy coming into a new sport by himself would be the underdog. Do you know what I mean? I get that. And some of the things they did in the match to tell the story of how, like, Anthony Agogo had damaged ribs and Cody worked on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody was smart, avoiding his punches. And he worked on the good eye after building up how he could barely see out of the other eye. Yeah. So you're talking about a guy who had a cracked rib, basically blind. He, he didn't lose anything in terms of credibility no, with that loss, but it was the excessive length of the match. Yeah. I think if you had compressed that into like an eight minute sprint, mm-hmm. it would have been incredible. Um, but I think it just went too long that I wouldn't say it necessarily exposed him, but I think it took the wind out of the crowd a lot because they they were hot at the start, like for the rah rah mm-hmm. Rocky Four vibes. Which uh, of course they were gonna be. You know, uh, or as everybody said, uh, Cody dressing up as Homelander uh, from the boys. But um, yeah, I think it kind of lo- it lost the thread yeah. and lost me. Um, by the end um the rest of the show grant like really i i, I really probably could have done without a lot of the stadium stampede yeah. uh, like they built it up to be this big serious thing and it it Just wasn't, wasn't. No. there were bits that were i enjoyed actually in isolation i enjoyed the, the hager wardlow brawls in the back felt mm-hmm. more like the kind of thing i was looking for yeah I loved. I thought it had a really hot finish with with Sammy and Ten Guy mm-hmm. in the ring. Um, and and look, I think we both understand the redemption story of Sammy being the one to keep the stable alive. And yeah, and you know, a lot of people have pointed out as well. Like, think about it. It's the main event of the first pay per view with a full crowd. Of course, they were going to send the fans home happy. You know, I think part of everyone's disappointment comes from we were so as sure as we was that Britt Baker was getting crowned Mm -hmm. the women's champion. We were also sure the inner circle was breaking up. Um, So getting that kind of, oh, it's not over yet. Like, are they going to a third match now? And now that they've done two big, crazy stip matches, like what's left? Are they just going to do a straight? Like (laughs) I would have done probably like elimination tag first. I I was just going to say it'll be an elimination tag and that will be. Now, granted, in terms of in-ring work, that would probably make it the best one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because it's the one least likely to end with a stupid finish like the War Games match did or have comedy silliness like this one did. Um, the rest of the show, like I said, Grant. Uh, yeah. I, I think like the the AW Women's Title match. It was a foregone conclusion, but I thought like the points at which that match got going really good. Like there was a point where the mm-hmm. two of them were just stiffing each other with forearms. Yeah, great. Yeah, it was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and you know now I'm so excited to see what the reign of Britt Baker has in store. Um, I, I thought it. I thought it was a, a very enjoyable battle royal as far as those things go. Yeah, um, and like I said at the time, and we we were uh, chatting away. It's like Leo Rush is a really good pickup. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be exclusive to them. I, I believe there's reports today that he signed with New Japan. Yeah, but I mean Leo Rush on Dynamite every two or three weeks. Happy days. Yeah, it's another 
smart signing like the um the Christian signing where it's mm-hmm. like there's a guy who you can put on TV, put on a pay-per-view, any slot you like and he'll deliver a quality match. And he doesn't need to be the biggest star on the show. No. Um and speaking of Christian that 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 um the end of that Battle <gasps> Royal was great because it's Christian yeah. and Jungle Boy and they made the right call and you know um did you see there's the no one better to put over the right guy at the end than Christian like that's exactly what he should be doing in the company it's kind of like it's kind of like Cody does as well where Cody feuds with the new guys coming into the company mm-hmm. and even if he beats them he leaves them in a better standing yeah. in the company than when they started the feud did you see the uh, match they've made for Dynamite this week no it's Christian and Jungle Boy taking on Private Party oh that would be really enjoyable yeah so that would be a good like 20 minute yeah. TV match yeah um but yeah, the I mean, I could have done without the the. Tri- I think everybody it, felt vindicated by the, the triple threat. Shouldn't have been a triple threat, but it, it was, was fine. fine. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the our big lads match with with Miro and Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of people down on that and thought it wasn't great, but no, it was good. Like, do you know what I mean? Again, you're you're talking about like. It's it was never going to be the the show stealer. You mm-hmm. want you want Miro in there with smaller guys that he can just hoof around the place. Um, like I'd watch a wrestle derby every single week. <laughs> and and look, there's three months between now and All Out. Yeah. And I would put money on it now that All Out was going to be the best show of the year. Yeah. Because yeah. if there's one thing AEW are really good at, it's at building and peaking. And if you don't think they're going to peak for an indoor crowd in Chicago. You're you're insane. I just I I'm just begging that let's not oh let's not overthink it and get mm-hmm. too many like stupid steps to allow like comedy pratfall finishes or lack of explosions. No. Like if you just build up to a straight wrestling show with like you get some good matches together, maybe you do you do the you pull the trigger on Hangman, um, to end that show. Like that's you're talking a finally the the first complete home run AEW pay-per-view without you know. thinking about it too much I think if they do Hangman Omega the books and I don't know maybe the Super you, Smash Brothers do, uh, yeah maybe I like I thought you know um if you were going to do like if it wasn't going to be the who wins the titles often thing it was just going to be a defense and you wanted to get a real special match together that might make uh, Chicago lose it I was thinking you could bring in Motor City Machine Guns if the relationship with TNA mm-hmm. is still there because we've seen like a lot of talent go one way but we've not yeah. seen a lot come in the and we way. have been told that it will be happening mm-hmm. so um, that's one I'd like to see I mean I think you can do Moxley in some kind of gimmick match yeah in the middle of the cards maybe that might be his because he's probably going off TV for a while soon so that might be his big return I mean could you do Moxley and Rusa and uh, Miro yeah maybe yeah would would Miro be up for doing a a Moxley match I I think he might be (laughs) (laughs) but anyway Um, I I think um, we won't speculate too much because like we said before that's Boom Goes the Dynamite's job on this podcast network yeah uh, Lee, before we get into Thunder this week, what a beverage do you have this evening? This week, I have a pair of Jemison and Coke sitting by my side, but one is nearly empty. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just nice and relaxed, because as we said at the top of the show, 
we're both hurt. <laughs> yeah. Tiredness has partially influenced my choice. Uh, so I'm out of beer. I checked the fridge. I'm out of beer. Sad, sad, sad. And I can't really do spirits when I'm this sleepy. I will just start to fade on the air. So unfortunately, I've had to go full. Well, not full Lanza. You never go full Lanza. <laughs> but I've got my Coke Z. Just the um, one Coke Z. Yeah, just the one for now. We'll see. It might develop into a secondary Coke Z. <laughs> uh, it depends on how, how I deal with this show going forward. Well, uh, I should say the Coke in my Jemison and Coke is Coke Z. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Um, right, yes, we are here to talk about Thunder, episode 44 from December 17th, 1998, coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, we opened the show with uh, the, the sad news and, and graphic for Brady Boone's passing and uh, a ringing of the bell to open the show. I believe we had mentioned, because it had been mentioned on commentary a while ago, hadn't it? Yes, I believe I had that he yeah. was a little bit unwell or whatever they meant yeah. said. Um, yeah. Were you familiar with Brady Boone as a wrestler? I wasn't. No. Okay. Have you ever heard of the Battle Cat in WWF? That's very yeah. It's, it rings a bell, all right. Yeah. He would have been a this would be before my time. Oh yeah, like you weren't even born. Like it was <laughs> late eighties, maybe into nineteen ninety. Yeah. When they were trying to do the whole kind of all the characters and trying to recapture like kind of the their version of the Tiger Mask, mm-hmm. um, and Brady Boone did a backflip off the turnbuckles a la own heart, right? So that's why this he, he got to be the Battle Cat, and yeah. this was their attempt to um, get him over. I think he was on TV a couple of times, mm. but maybe not much more than that. But apparently, like he. From listening to, I want to say, Joel Anza and um, Chris Elner in particular, like he was a really good squash wrestler because he could make everything look good. Yeah, yeah. He just bumped around yeah. like a madman kind of thing. Yeah. So sad to, to see his passing at the start of it. Um, and sad in a different way that the first thing and the thing that runs as a through line through this show... And Lee, as a man who has not only read Death WCW, but has also read the Nitro book, maybe you could uh, speak a little bit about this. But the running theme of uh, tonight's show is one of the most infamous angles in latter-day WCW history, the Ric Flair heart attack angle. Yeah. So are you able to, off the top of your head, add a bit of context to, to the circumstances around this angle? Uh, off the top of my head, no. Like I can't remember particular excerpts from the either the books or anything. But um, so the the thing that happened was Rick was doing an interview on Nitro with me and Gene, as he's done many many times, and leading into his his supposed match with yes Eric at Starcade. Yeah, it's all leading to the match with Eric at Starcade. Um, and you know they they do their their bit and. Gene signs off and in the background as he's kind of closing off the segment Flair begins clutching at his left arm and then falls down and is sitting in the corner and Tony is like no 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 we got to stay with this and instead of closing off the segment they kind of stick with Flair in the corner and the arm rushes out they never once say heart attack mm-hmm. they say I believe they say he's unwell um, yeah. 
it's worrying uh, and all there's this. There's a and bit like, where Jean where says, this man is injured. Yeah, and they do their somber voices and it's like, it doesn't take an idiot to understand what they're playing at. Mm-hmm. But their big defense on this was that they never once said heart attack, which is just like, if that's your out, I mean, come on, for fuck's sake. Mm. So to kick off Thunder, we get Tony again doing the somber voice and Ric Flair's family will be here tonight. And, you know, we saw Eric Bischoff out of character say how how upset he was and he wanted to say, like, he was sorry for any part he played in this. And it's just so out of place. It's just, like, it's one of the worst things you can do. Like, you want to talk about jumping the shark? I mean, faking a heart attack is right up there along with fucking blowing up Vince's limo. Mm-hmm. It's just so bad. It's, like, really, really fucking bad. Yeah, it's, uh... God, yeah, it's just one of those. There are um, a couple of things associated with this that are just like a lot of the red flags of the the death throes of WCW in here between the um, the working of the boys kind of a, a feeling to it, the um, the using what would later unfortunately become known as the Owen voice on mm-hmm. commentary, like really trying to sell you that this man was in mortal peril um, on this light entertainment program. Um, and a lot of fourth wall breaking from Eric Bischoff. Um, yeah, this is just like one of the most fucking dire angles of all time. Um, um, I actually meant to look up where this finished in most despicable promotional tactic in 1998. I'm going to guess it's top. Yeah, it's it's gotta be um, up there anyway. Like, like we, I don't know if we mentioned this at the top of the show or not. Like, this is our go home to Starcade, the big show of the year. Like, it's the last thunder of the year. Yeah. Um. Like, I know they have Nitro to follow, which is going to be their their go home for the pay per view, isn't it? Because yeah. it's Nitro on the what twenty first. Something like that. Then yeah. Christmas Day was the Friday, and then the pay per view is the Sunday. So they have nothing else. Maybe they have Saturday night. I don't know. Mm. But um, yeah, so like this, and then Nitro. So like you know, it's their second last show before the biggest show of the year, and they're spending it focusing on a fake heart attack. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, and just laying it on so thick, like mm-hmm. so thick. But we'll God, unfortunately, we'll have to talk about it several times. Um, some of the words that are used here at the start to describe it are shock, stress, helpless. Um, Heenan says that, uh, and I'm sure this part was an exaggeration, that Ric Flair is the greatest thing to ever happen to the sport of professional wrestling. And it'd be in terms of like a uh, superstar and all-time great wrestler. Mm-hmm. It would be hard to argue. Um definitely up there with the greatest things that happened to the sport in those terms um your big match for tonight which i'm sure had you hyped lee lex luger versus scott hall the lone wolf yeah <laughs> as his uh, as his jacket tells us <laughs> um but uh speaking of things i'm sure you were looking forward to the opening contest on thunder this week is uh k-dog well, conan taking on kenny chaos you skipped over a very important part of the build oh. to the main event oh do tell we get a nitro flashback Oh, did I skip over you that? You did skip over it. We're, oh, apologies. We're the leader of the NWO Black and White. No longer Hollywood, mm. they're the Black and White. Yes. Um, Big Papa Pump himself. 
is trying to recruit Lex yes. to the black and white. Hmm. And Lex, Which is another true line for the whole night. Mm-hmm, which Lex doesn't instantly turn down. And no. oddly enough, Lex is out there not in his Wolfpack gear, but in just like his normal civvies. Yeah, but I love how he instantly doesn't turn them down to their faces. But as soon as they leave, isn't he? T- isn't it? Conan shoes them off, and he goes, "Oh no, I'm not joining them." <laughs> so like it all almost automatically takes the, the the pin out of the tension there. I mean, that's just typical Lex Luger being nice to your face and burying it as soon as you're gone. Yeah. Uh, so Conan versus Kenny Chaos is our opening contest. Um, hey Dave, did it, you did you recognize the belt that Kenny Chaos had in his hand? Because I didn't. Well, hold on, I was yeah, I was gonna get to that, but first I was gonna say not only was this a match of Conan versus Chaos, but it was also a match of my ears versus the high voltage theme music, which is abysmal. Um, I could not get over it. But yeah, this is what I wrote next. Oh yeah, Chaos is one half of the tag team champions. Is he? A belt that had been reported missing by your Days of Thunder hosts quite some time ago. So, am I getting the, the timeline confused, but Rick Steiner won the tag belts. Yes. He then selected Kenny Chaos as his partner. Yes. But then Judy Bagwell was his partner. Was she not his partner? First? First, I think. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, uh, again, it's like, been a while. all stuff that seems <laughs> to have happened on Nitro and not mentioned for reasons on Thunder. Uh, like, but yeah, in my own mind, Steiner and Kenny Chaos are currently your tag team champions, it, but it's not unheard of for one of the belts to change hands and the other. No, that, that is true. Um, like, we have seen a singles feud over these belts already. Yeah. Um, but Kenny? You, sorry, excuse yeah. me, I was going to say. Um, yeah, when Chaos came out, I was like, I was sure that Rick had initially picked Chaos, and then for one reason or another, it was Judy as his partner, and now it's back yeah. to Chaos. Also plausible. Um, what can I say? Um, Kenny comes out here looking like the child of Shane Douglas and Hugh Morris. <laughs> I couldn't decide which one he looked like more. Um Scott and Buff immediately out onto commentary and uh, Heenan hightails it. Steiner is wearing, this is great, so he's wearing an American football jersey to get heat off the crowd. Um, But he is so swollen and so gassed to the gills that it looks like he's wearing pads under the jersey, but he is not. Jesus Christ, the man is enormous. Is genuinely frightening. Uh, he he's demanding to know why the Lex match was made. Apparently, not understanding that the commentary team don't make the no, match. He was blaming Tony. He's like, I heard you made this match, and Tony's like, No, that's not how it works. I announced the match. No, no, you made this match. I mean, um, the man's also an idiot, apparently. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> um, he and Buff are declaring that they will help Lex Luger and his career tonight, that they have his back. Uh, what's great is as soon as they leave, uh, Heenan walks back <laughs> on and he goes, oh, they weren't going to push me around. <laughs> Even though like he he nearly legged it to a different postcode as soon as they arrived. And I believe Tony straight away comes back with, where, where did you go? <laughs> yeah. Um. It's all chaos early in the ring. Uh, fucking oh right it is God. with those two in there. Oh my God, true. <laughs> uh, Kenny Chaos hits one of the worst sunset flips I've ever seen. And last Sunday, I saw a 62-year-old man hit one. He, I, sorry, I saw a 62-year-old man hit a code red that panned out more like a, a sunset, sunset flip. flip. Yeah, um, Yeah. so Conan, you know, bends over to take a sunset flip. And Chaos does like... 
a shoulder a, a shoulder roll over him. Yeah. Do you know what it looks like? Do you remember in uh, the the SmackDown games where, like, you do like a running schoolboy where they stuck under their legs and scooped him up into a schoolboy. Yeah. It's almost like Chaos tried to do that, while also doing a sunset flip. Yeah. And it's... it like it was just so bad. And like Conan was instantly under the ropes. What I loved about this is in reaction to this, Conan, <laughs> Conan, I I believe was so offended by this sunset. He just ended the match. <laughs> that yeah, he hit him with a, fa- uh, a face buster and tapped him out with the Tequila Sunrise. I should mention, speaking of Conan, that Conan was at Double or Nothing as the DJ in the background yep. during the uh, the Stadium Stampede, which got did get a huge pop out of me. Why? Um, <laughs> it's K Dog, man. Um... So, the the high voltage family drama then happens after Lee. Uh, Robbie Rage comes out uh, wearing a cast to talk to his former partner, give him a dressing down. He throws in the belts and wants to know what the the hell this new team is about. Apparently, he only found out earlier in this match, like we did, that Kenny Chaos is one of the tag team champions. <laughs> was disgusted. Um. Chaos says business is business. Rage wants to know where he stand. The crowd couldn't give a fuck. One, because the two of them aren't miked yes. during this. So they have no idea what either of them are saying. And two, they just keep chanting, we want flair. As they do all night when there's something they're not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, the this the, the we want flair chant was the CM Punk chant of its day. It absolutely was. Um, we see then Beth Reed and David Flair arriving by limo. Um, we get the flashback to the segment Lee described earlier of Flair keeling over and then we got a casual tracksuit Bischoff out to sell how sorry he was and that he would say so to the family. You know, um, you know how it was real Bischoff because he had the glasses on and the pullover, you know, the half zip pullover and... Yeah, and the stubble mm-hmm. and, you know, he looked he looked weary, you know. Um, I, be- I believe that's one thing the announcer say about Flair when he collapses is that he was exhausted. Yeah. Sort of the thing that he wore himself out like. Drop, um, drop, dropping that elbow on the suit jacket really wore him out. Yeah. Next up, we have. Hold on. Do, do you hear that, Lee? I, I think so. I think that's the sound of the Enus alert. Yes, that's right, the Enos alert. We have Mike Enos <laughs> versus Fit Finley here. Can we not um, just play the Enos alert for the whole entirety of the segments? Because... <laughs> oh, it's like it's a new Jack match. <laughs> yes, like exactly like that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If we aren't the first podcast to compare Mike Enos to New Jack, I'll eat my hat. Hang on, hang on New Jack, R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. to a real one. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that has to be the new bit. Oh my god. I don't know. It's a really <laughs> abrasive theme, the Ironside one to play in the background. Um, this started off, uh, this match was quite boring because Finley was on top, uh, as we've noticed a lot mm-hmm. in his matches in WCW. He's trying to vigorously beat the Enos. But I'll tell you what, Lee. Did this you say he's, he's trying to vigorously beat his Enos? He, he certainly was. And I'll, I'll tell you what, this Enos cannot be beat no matter how much you go at him. 
Uh, he's a real hard man, that Enos. He just then he uh, kind of Enos is up, and he just starts hoofing Finley around the ring, and when he's just like launching Finley about. It's awesome. There's like a 30 second stretch where he's just like, hoof. And it's great. I was really into it. Um, I, and I'll I, tell you what. I love oh, the, yeah. the fall away power slam from Retrope. Oh, yes. It's, it, it does get the, the little fall away mm. avalanche power slam thing. It's great. And I was noticing during this match, my God, this Enos is so bigly. Uh, just a huge Enos in the ring. I'll tell you what. Um,. <laughs> The avalanche power slam happens and he, before he even gets to a one count off this power slam, he picks up Finley to keep on beating him and <laughs> he picks his head up and he just clotheslines his head in, <laughs> which like clearly, clearly Finley did not like that because it was not a light clothesline. Because I'll tell you what, Lee, that Enos is stiff. Um... But do you know what? That stiff Enos, he just was not thinking. The 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 blood the, had not yeah. rushed to his head mm-hmm. because uh, it costs him as Finley rolls up and wins. Uh, Mike and, Enos and, and, absolutely and, livid. I was just going to say, do you know what? That really set the Enos off. It absolutely did. He was livid and he kept going. The Enos just kept going at Finley. Uh, just an insatiable Enos, I've got to say. Um, yeah, what a segment. Of television that was <laughs> I've never seen you look so disappointed in me <laughs> I mean over oh <laughs> It's like a dad who works hard every day and then his kid turns out shit. <laughs> so that was the face. It's like, well, you did all you could, son. <laughs> Your son grows up to be Van Hammer. <laughs> Do you know what? Of all the... Um... <laughs> Lee's actually crying. I actually am. <laughs> beat red. Oh, like Brock Lesnar five minutes to a match. Yes. Oh, I feel like Shane McMahon. Oh, um, Enos has turned you red, my friend. I just can't get enough of the Enos. What can I say? <laughs> it just can't. <laughs> if there's one thing this show needs, you it's more Enos. You bored taking my notes. Yeah. We need more Enos, that's all I'll say. <laughs> the world doesn't have enough. Uh, <coughs> right, change of pace here. We had a, a clip of Thoughtful Eric, so they had done like, some sort of sit-down interview in the black void of space uh, between Nitro and Thunder, and he's being thoughtful and sad about Rick in his emotional man jumper. Um <laughs> Scott Hall uh, comes out next and he has and he says I have no friends and no music and then he says like, and I have no family and I thought it was very interesting that that was the order of priority so, for so him. did his family leave him because he had no music <laughs> well I would or did they leave him because he had no friends 
Or did the music leave him because know. he had no family? But I, I certainly know of those things. Family was the thing that pissed him off the third most. I mean, listen, we all know how Scott treated that family, so. And you want to talk about uh, kids growing up shit? He knows all about that. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my word. Um, so he says all he has left is wrestling. He says, uh, there's one thing you can be sure of. If anything goes wrong, that you're going to find Scott Hall in the thick of it. He says to Lex, he has nothing to lose, nowhere to go, and all he wants is what's coming to him, the world and everything in it. I thought this was a real not great Scott Hall promo. I thought this was a real... Real half-arsed fucking promo. Yeah, this was a real, like, NyQuil promo mm-hmm. for me. Um, um, yeah, could have done without this. Yeah, uh, we're informed that a triangle match has been signed for Stargate. Um, it's uh, Kidman versus Hoovy versus Ray. I'm happy with that lineup there. Um, the crowd at this stage absolutely foaming at the mouth for Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they are in Charlotte as well. Um, I gotta say, they're they're trying to explain this three way, and Heenan keeps absolutely yeah. pissing himself every time he thinks of Ray's giant T-shirt, which I just think makes the bit. Because Shivani yeah. is trying to be all serious, and he keeps going to him. He's like, "Why are you laughing?" Oh, I'm just thinking of Ray in his big T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and then Tony like gives him the glower of disapproval, and he goes to continue on, and just he then pops himself again, <laughs> and like, oh, Tony is just not pleased at all. Um, oh, actually, get a flat- speaking of Tony, yeah. we should mention Tony's big part of uh, Double or Nothing. Oh, giving Brit her, yeah. her big hug. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a nice moment. Gotta say, had, big pop. For I'd that say well. Connor popped for that. Yeah, um, we get a flashback to Nitro then as Hoovy. It's kind of the story of how the match came uh, together. Hoovy screwing Ray in November in his match with Kidman for the title. Um, then it shows Ray helping Kidman be Eddie. Then this Monday just gone, it shows Kidman and Ray taking out the LWO together. Um, one of the you know the way we had seen the handful of unannounced. Uh, mystery men in the LWO that had not been identified. Mm-hmm. It appears uh, at least one of them was Viano Four. Um, that because uh, Viano without a mask. Yes, uh, because Viano Five still has the mask, and the two of them that are in the company at the time are Four and Five, and he is identified as Viano when he attack. One of the mm-hmm. unmasked men is identified as Viano when he uh, is in the ring. So that is. Our best theory at the moment. I mean... Uh, I'm, not that I'm, they're fucking elucidating that for us very well. I might have to reach out to our, our Lucha correspondent, Johnny, and ask him, did Viano 4 lose his mask at some stage around this time? Yeah. <laughs> or did he just, like, not make a big deal out of it, take off the mask? Oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> well, I mean, we know Bischoff made people lose masks at certain points, yeah. so... Yeah. Made Cyclope t- take off his mask and be Dean Malenko. <laughs> uh... <laughs> As we all know. Yeah. Um, our next match was Rey Mysterio versus Prince Ikea, the flat pack sovereign. Or was it, Lee? Because as soon as Ikea enters the arena, the LWO swarm him. Uh, <laughs> I love Eddie starts speaking Spanish to him. And he's like, uh, habla espanol. And Eddie goes, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> um and he says that he has a decision for him to make. He says that Ikea is not heading to the ring tonight and that they can do that the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> Fritz Ikea just says, it's only a match, and just bails. Um, 
Eddie then six Hoovy on Ray, and now we've got Ray versus Hoovy. Instant upgrade. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, this could not have gone better in terms of like usually with uh, Thunder, it's the opposite. We'd have started out being teased with Ray versus Hoovy and end up with Ray versus IKEA. <laughs> but I'm thankful that the it went the right way around this time. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, maybe a minute or two into this match, I think it's about nine minutes long, about a minute or two into this match, Hoovy hits what looks like a fireman's carry into a falcon arrow. Awesome move. Mm-hmm. Looked great. Someone should steal that. <laughs> Add that to the list of moves, along with the rolling Russian leg sweeps that Raven does and a couple of others that people should be stealing. Do you know what? My big takeaway from this match was that even though they were working at, I want to say, like 70% pace, an effort. Yeah. This was still so good. Like it was still a cut above anything else on this show. Like I think I think Hoovy is like one of Ray's better opponents and Ray is one of Hoovy's better opponents. Like it's just they have that that thing where just when you put them together it just works. Yeah. In, sp- in so spite like, of any problems they have with other people. Yeah, cuz that's the thing like you know Ray Ray has good matches with most people. But Hoovy is very much a, like, it depends on the opponent mm-hmm. kind of guy. So, like, they, they just have magic together, I think. Um, Great action early doors. Eddie comes out as Ray gets dumped over the ropes and they go to a break. Ray fights out of the rest hold. We see him in when we come back from the break and hits. Like, uh, blink and you'll miss it. Li- lightning quick tilt-a-whirl. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the most unbelievably quick tilt-a-whirls I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, Hoovy is begging Eddie to help him, uh, reverses Ray and gets a springboard crossbody in. Ray took a, a nasty header to the turnbuckle in here. Uh, Hoovy comes off the top rope, gets caught with a drop kick. Ray flips up onto Hoovy's shoulders, but eats a sit-out powerbomb, um, which was like a real, he put some fucking sauce on that powerbomb, mm-hmm. I'll tell you. Well, it wasn't um, quite pack on Orange Cassidy, but it was fucking not fair yeah. off. Or the one I the one I always think of. Uh, do you remember the spirit bomb that uh, Keith Lee hit Speedball with at that one OTT show? <laughs> yeah, he went like he hit the ring and then went into low Earth orbit. Yes. He hit him that hard off the mat. My God. Um. So Hoovy goes for the four fifty, but uh, kind of in a callback to a previous match, Ray uses the last bit of energy to expend to kind of like dive forward and crotch mm-hmm. him off the ropes. The ref goes to check on Hoovy, and as that's happening, Eddie gets on the opposite post and hits a frog splash to raise back, and Hoovy wins. Or does he? As Ikea suddenly has, uh, you know, a flood of conscience and comes out to rat out Eddie. Like, is this a second Thunder straight where we've had yes. a referee just believe somebody, mm-hmm. uh, just another wrestler, and reverse the decision? Because wrestlers never lie. No, God, no. Uh, he rats on Eddie. The decision is reversed and the LWO come out, but Ikea and Ray start cleaning house quite handily until, like, the second wave of LWO co- guys come out and the baby faces bail. It looks like Ikea is now a baby face again. He had been, he had been very heedish, hadn't he? Yeah. yeah, he had been, and he was on his losing streak as well, so that seems to Look, be over. He, but... He'll always be a loser to us. God, God, yeah, loser our hearts. Um, <laughs> next, we have Scott and Buff giving uh, Lex a pep talk backstage. Uh, uh, do you know? Do you know says, what? I love how this this bit starts out because they're walking yeah. around the backstage area, going into random doors, and then they get to a door that says Wolfpack. 
and they that did. They might didn't have been where you'd want to check. They didn't think to check that one first. But you know what? It plays into one of the long-running bits of continuity in WCW that these two men are dorks. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Do you know what? It would have been better if they did just make them two fucking morons that love each other for some reason. I would have loved it if they were going along with the two of them wearing deerstalker hats with like magnifying glasses trying to find the clues as to where Lex Luger was and there was this just giant neon sign saying wolf pack on the door this whole time. <laughs> just lean into it yeah um but lex says i thought this was gas because lex says i've been looking after myself for a long long time and i was like but you're in the wolf pack mm-hmm. like the whole thing is that you're there with like three or bezzy mates he was also in the dungeon of doom he was yeah, also he was in also the horseman in... at one stage <laughs> wasn't he a proud member of team beefy da no or affiliate no he wasn't in it he was affiliated, he was affiliated with them yes he was he was beefy da affiliated. He, he was friendly with the Steiners. <laughs> Do you think we can get a cameo of Nick Gage saying beefy da affiliated? I, I, I don't want to. <laughs> scare me. Want to scare me. <laughs> um, so K-Dog comes in and he runs off the two lads. Get, get out of here. Conan then walks out. There's a loud bang. Lex runs out and Conan is down on the ground with Hall standing over him. Uh, Hall kind of begs off and, and leaves. Uh, leading to more intrigue, I suppose, for the main event tonight. Um, the, next the, up, the, we have. Uh, do you know what? This is something I'll touch on on a future podcast. But mm-hmm. God, this all makes no sense. Yeah. Oh no, hundred percent. Um. So next we see the you know we talking about uh Dallas and how he'd been doing the the toys for tots event. So we join a good old Diamond DP himself uh, reading kids' stories. And honestly, it's the most wholesome and adorable thing. Just like him and Kimberly on stage reading Christmas bedtime stories to the kids. I think this is when Um, I fell asleep. (laughs) Yeah. The thing about this was the sound mixing on this segment was horrible. Mm -hmm. Because not only did it seem like the sound mixing in the live venue was bad. So it was a bad kind of... It was hard to hear what he was saying. But as well, they didn't <clears throat> kill the live mics in the arena, so the We Want Flair chants like bleed over it. Yep. Um, my big takeaway from this little segment, Lee, did you see what the event was called? No. This event, which I will point out again, for children, was called... Was DDP's Big Bang? Close. It was called Bang It Out For Books. Why? Why, why? (laughs) 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 Fucking continuity Malone's got nothing for this. I mean, I'm not touching that one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, he's the king of the bang, so. He certainly is the mayor of Bangtown. Don't forget. Um, Next up, we have the Disco Inferno versus the returning Shima. Uh, Random Shima Nobunga appearance. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I they've already changed his name once because he was going by Shima Nobunaga, Nobunaga the first sorry. time, but with two eyes, and now he's down to one eye, but still Shima Nobunaga. Um, Disco is coming out in a wolf pack shirt, and I was just like, this was one of those weeks where I was like, should we have watched Nitro? Because, like, what the fuck is going on? Listen, I, <clears throat> as you know, I'm the Disco Inferno defender on this show. 
Yeah. But you want to talk about killing off the cool factor of the wolf pack. <laughs> oh man. Like I you know, we'll we'll I the two of us will argue till we're blue in the face, and so will our good friend Chris. Uh friend of the show, Chris. Um shout out. Um about whether disco is good or not. But the one thing I don't think any of us would disagree on is whether he's cool or not. He most certainly is not. He most certainly is not. Um so the the storyline at the moment is Disco is pretending he's in the wolf pack. He's insisting that Nash gave him this t-shirt and said, you know, on the sly, you're in. Even though, like, Tony repeatedly says, but, like, no one else in the wolf pack will admit this. Like, everybody says he's not. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Um, it's almost like he's not in. <laughs> so... Do you know what? I will say, like, I'm the, 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 the low man on Disco, but I thought this was a good little match. It was, yeah. Yeah. Enjoyable. Nothing hugely notable or anything like that. Disco wins with a chart buster. Um, but it's another one of the... It, it's such a shame because I know where his WCW career goes. That, like, it really feels like they're building towards him just becoming a serious wrestler mm-hmm. and kicking on to that next level because they're doing that thing where he's wrestling a good match Shima is great in this as well, of course. That's not really fucking anything revelatory. But they're doing the thing on commentary, particularly Heenan, mm-hmm. who's saying that like he's a guy who he's got all the skills. He's just unfocused. He, he'd prefer to do all his disco dancing and, and, and shit like that. And if he'd just get a good manager, if he'd just focus on his wrestling, he could be a world champion. Um, yeah. It's that whole thing. Like If it were a territory, they're building to the bit where... He turns heel and changes his name to his real name. He stops being yeah. the gimmick. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, I I have limited regret about it because, you know, all these years hence we found out woeful bollocks of a man. Uh, fair. So, Absolutely fair. You know, <laughs> um, we get a Saturday night tease and this is one of those weeks where, wow, is Saturday night a better card yes. than yes, it is. Thunder? <laughs> because we get, so Wrath is on the show, Chavo and Pepe are on the show. Then the one for me, Jericho versus Booker T, mm-hmm. and uh, Malenko and Benoit versus the NWO. Not any more specific than that. It's just whichever two of them happen to be floating around catering during the tapings. I imagine. Listen, I'm happy that we are now getting the Horseman tag team. Mm-hmm. These, I, I would watch these lads as a tag team all mm-hmm. the live long day, my friend. Next up, we have Jerry Flynn. Um, That's Mr. JF. Yeah. Uh, giant size Steve Blackman number one um, versus Norman Smiley's Blue Jocks. Uh, my God, a, a just a shade of blue. That well, you know why he's wearing that shade of blue? Why? They're in North Carolina. Oh, of course. Yeah, he does the gear with the thing. Like I don't know team colors. You in, you in don't America. know what color North Carolina wear? No. Why would I know that? Michael Jordan, you saw the last dance, didn't you? Yeah, Lee, there, I have seen... so much useless thunder knowledge in my head. I don't have room for real sports. You've seen Space Jam, haven't you? That's a real sport. I've... Look, if you're going to start coming for the monsters, I am I am ending this, this podcast big, right a now. A big plot in Space Jam is Michael getting his college shorts. Emma. Or, like, I... 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 <laughs> I mean, and you're and you're the film guy. I like. Oh, I am the film guy, and that's what I was gonna start to say is that like, 
I have tried to get Emma to watch Space Jam. I have it here on Blu-ray, but I myself have probably not watched that film. I couldn't even tell you how long. Uh, the thing, like, I remember the bit about the shorts, but like, I don't remember the people. Like, what do you want from me, Malone? Like, I mean, a bit, a bit of fucking, you know understanding of where the show is would look you're acting right so you're the the level of your response to this is as if i told you i'd never heard of michael jordan <laughs> do you know and i have i have heard of him i mean look, look i'm just saying our american thunder buddies are going to be disgusted at your lack of knowledge at what colors Look, this is one of those occasions where you're you're conditioning the public here to just come out against me in force and that's all right if i have to be the role of the heel and just say much as i lo- love you uh our american thunder buddies the amount of readily available basketball to us in the 90s was at best limited <laughs> listen <laughs> yeah. as our friend ian informed us as he um he's been going through the shows the Thunder Buddies yeah. will always agree with me. Yeah, they will. For uh, And I think for reasons of a concept we in Ireland call divilment. Like, that's that's what I'm convinced. And you know, that's fine. I love the Thunder Buddies regardless of what they do. That, that, that's twice you've said I, that now. You're the chaotic evil option, Lee. That's the problem. Oh, is that oh, they, want to see okay. us, they want to see us suffer. And agreeing with you is usually the path to suffering on this program. <laughs> As I've always said about agreeing with you in life, to be honest. That that, that is true. (laughs) Yeah. The road to chaos is paid with Lee Malone's decisions, uh, as as I've always said. But anyway... I was trying to think, were there any particularly bad decisions you've ever led us to on holiday in Germany? And short of, will we go for the second McDonald's or, um, you know, or... uh, while my friends are slumming away on the beers, will I, fancy pants Lee Malone, <laughs> indulge in a fine spirit? <laughs> what was it? You, what? Oh, let me dust off my monocle. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was it you decided to christen me then? The, uh... the, <laughs> the Mariah Carey of, <laughs> of me craps. Oh, little did I know. Absolute diva behaviour, yeah, for sure. Painful. What the fuck are we even talking about? Fucking Norman Smiley and his jocks. <laughs> uh, there we go. And I thought the thing we were going to talk most about during this match was the fact that it, it, we are firmly entering the territory of the Big Wiggle becoming a thing now. This was the danciest, humpiest match I've seen on this programme. Yeah, like a couple of weeks ago, we've seen Norman getting more and more heelish. But yeah. this time it's like much more babyface and like, like you say, a bit more divilment about uh, about Norman in this yeah. match, and the crowd are into it. They want to see his wiggle. Yeah, yeah. and he even declares uh, troublingly on the way to the ring that it is spanky time. He's a big fan of Frank Hendrick. Absolutely haunting. Um, Norman takes a few roundhouse kicks to the shoulder uh, and then does a big delayed body slam. I'll tell you what. Norman Smiley is a very strong guy because Jerry Flynn, not the lightest guy in the world, and he holds him up for quite a while mm-hmm. on this body slam. Um, yeah, like I said, dancing is now firmly part of the gimmick. Flynn goes for a sunset flip and he he stands firm and just starts boogieing. <laughs> uh, real stiff roundhouse kicks to the chest from Jerry Flynn. They looked cool. Um, 
the story of the match kind of is the more Smiley dances, the more Jerry Flynn gets enraged and goes on the attack and Smiley uses these opportunities to dance. to try and <laughs> uh, take it dance and take advantage of them. Um, I do, do you know what I do enjoy is like like we've mentioned, Smiley is getting a lot a lot more kind of dancey and having a lot more fun. And he still wins showing some personality. He still wins with a vicious fucking submission. <laughs> yeah. Um so we oh we have speaking of the list of Days of Thunder approved moves for uh, wrestlers to steal, we get um Jerry Flynn's spinning wheel kick where he tips over the top mm. rope, which is just like I love that. Um, he puts in an ankle lock, but Norman gets the ropes. Norman gets a couple of leapfrogs and drop kick. Flynn rolls out and Smiley humps and spanks the air. Uh, <laughs> Flynn hits a discus chop. Uh, Norman attempts a roll up out of the corner, goes up. Flynn attempts a press slam, blocked. Smiley comes off the top and elbows him in the back of the head and then, as you said, taps Flynn out with a distressingly painful looking chicken wing and uh, to which Norman then hits a celebratory hump. Do you know what? Two things people, well, three things people need to bring back from this match. The spinning wheel kick in the corner. Yes. The crossface chicken wing. Yes. And the big wiggle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you think he'll like pass the torch to someone in NXT to do the pig wiggle it's not very TVPG is it I mean I'm a bit disappointed nobody has done it or the spinny yeah. power slam yeah that is a shame do you think oh. there's somebody hidden away on the coconut loop that's been doing that's it been the doing whole it. time on, on non-televised events yeah I hope so I certainly hope so um, we get more of the contrite Bischoff interview. He wants to do right by Rick, his family, and the fans, and he wants forgiveness. Our next match, which, like, I, I think in terms of names, had the potential to be as good as the Cruiserweight match mm-hmm. earlier, but, like, didn't really have the time to be, was Jericho with Ralphus versus Saturn. Um, good stuff at the start, typical from both lads. Um, the crowd were really on Jericho here after, like, a recent yeah. run where he was a big baby face, like, not in Charlotte, he's not. I think they just hate Canadians. Maybe they do. Um, Jericho does his exaggerated stepping around the ring, but gets smashed by by young parents. I, actually, um, do you think they just hate blonde Canadians? With, maybe. with overweight truckers as valets. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Perhaps. I'm reminded of the... Um, do you remember the... Uh, do you want some wrestling gimmick... With uh, yeah. Vince and Trish and Shelton. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> good Lord. I actually watched that again recently. It's so good. I always think of that Brian Alvarez bit a bit. Like, who could play Vince in a film? Ooh. Like, no one. Well, no well, one could play Vince. N- like, somebody said before Christopher Walken. No. Which, like, I'd love to see Oh, it. yeah, but, like, but no. But no, in terms of, like, the type of I th- human I think being, you'd have to have two different people. Not. you have to have young Vince and old Vince. Yeah, um, like we are, we're getting the Netflix documentary, aren't we? Ah, uh, yeah, but it's a proper like affiliated one with them, isn't it? Like it's an authorized yeah, one. Yeah, but so like I mean, be, like, so real so is the last dance. Yeah, um, yeah, but they're by like, no, it's not going to be in the same way that the last dance was. I don't think um, as good as that was. Um, um, I'm, I'm trying to like who who could you get to play young Vince like up until say. 
the mid nineties. It might be a, it might be a case for the Thunder Buddies that I admonished so harshly just moments ago. Um, if you tweet us at WCW Thunderpod, who do you think should play Vince in the film? If you want to go old Vince, young Vince split like Lee, um, absolutely. Uh, if you want to do one guy and like age him up or age him down with makeup, you do that too. Uh, give us your your Vince McMahon biopic uh, casting. You can fill out the whole McMahon family if you like. It would be fascinating to me. I think I'm actually going to go away and think about this for the next show. Um, <laughs> Kick off the Starcade episode with a big who's going to play the Vince McMahon biopic. Yeah. yeah. Um. So per- Perry falls on her suplex reverse attempt, but recovers quickly, rolls the dice on Jericho. I felt like Lee, this match was a little off after the first 30 seconds mm-hmm. or so. Like it felt like the guys were on different pages tonight. And and, and um, I think that's because they knew this match didn't fucking matter. I, th- I think they yeah. very much felt like they were just put out there to kill time. Yeah, they were just on autopilot. Like um, e- even the commentary during this match, they have no fucking interest. Yeah, uh, Jericho escapes a diving Saturn and pulls the ref into the way. The ref bumps, uh, rings a Saturn in, but no one's there to ring the bell. The cat is out, goody. Uh, Perry fights him off, pounds Jericho some more, but the cat is back up, attacks him again. Walls of Jericho and Saturn passes out and does not tap out, crucially. More Bischoff interview. He says, Flair did not get the respect he deserves. He hopes he can say the things he needs to say to his family. Um, I found the way that the end of this show was ordered was weird because the next segment is uh, Tony in the ring talking about how, oh, you know, we're in Charlotte where his career kicked off because of Ric Flair, um, you know, puts over Ric Flair big. Tanae is on commentary at this stage. Um, and yeah, then the family comes out and I would have I assumed they were coming out for the interview. Mm-hmm. But what they did was they had them come out. Then they did the main event match. Well, then they did a video package. Then they did the main event match. And then they did the interview, which I thought was odd. I thought maybe you would have waited and done the introducing them break and then do the interview. But whatever. Um, But this really did not like this when they're coming out. Because this is when, like, it really comes off like they're trying to convince you he died. Mm Do you know what I mean? This is like... The third or fourth time this year where we're like, they're playing an injury like a man was killed in yeah. the ring. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it just comes off so fucking weak, doesn't it? Like, like... <sighs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the segments. Mm. Uh, we get a flashback to the kind of build-up of the DDP giant feud. Uh, and I completely forgot that the start of that was him costing uh, old Diamond DP the, the US title. Um, in that whole Brett Schmoz. Uh, do you know what? I didn't um, think it was a bad package. I thought it was fine. I kind of refreshed. No, everything. no, the package was fine. I just had forgotten the angle that started it completely. Um, your main man, Buff Dog, is here to announce the main event, and it was another one of those times where I'm like, my god, like the amount of money they're paying this guy to come and ring announce for a Thunder main event that was not known before broadcast mm-hmm. time. It's just a throwaway, like another week in the ongoing feuds of of the day. Nothing special about it, and yet you're paying this man a small fucking fortune to be here and be shot. I'm really glad AEW haven't gone down that route of getting like a celebrity ring announcer. 
and at least if you get a buffer, get the other one. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, he's out here, and something I was talking about this on Twitter, and our good friend Golazzo Dan uh, was in the replies going like, "I just want to know who gives him his notes." Because, like, when he reads out the things he knows about the wrestler, it's the lamest shit you've ever heard. And my thing is, like, I think he's scribbling them down on a coaster in the bar or at catering, things he overhears about wrestlers. Because it's not, like, it's garbled half-information that is not enticing anybody into these matches. I, I can now just imagine him standing outside the locker room and he always back to the wall and here we can in kind of going DDP old. Yeah. <laughs> he's just got like you know, you know that old timey like he's got a glass tumbler yeah. against his ear pressed to the wall so he can hear the conversations that are happening inside. Do you think like he's taking notes like fucking the giant really tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's the it's the main event. It's Hall versus Lex. And there are just preposterous levels of pyro for this. So between the pyro and buffer, this completely inconsequential match is so expensive. Um, as soon as the match begins, Disco comes out. Uh, we get a couple of spots in ring before a complete tumult of booze signal the arrival of Buff and Scott Steiner. They go to the far corner of the ring, cheerleading for Lex. Um, now, Lee. This is an exercise for you and the listeners. You ready for mm-hmm. this? Now, what I want you to do, and I'll see if you don't do it, Lee. I want you... We're going to get a bit ASMR on this, so I'm going to get in a bit closer to the mic. So what I want you to do is to close your eyes. No. Okay? <laughs> no, close your eyes, Lee. It's not like I can attack you. We're on Zoom. Like, I don't, tr- so I don't trust you do, like, easily. I'm going to do you fucking pinch your wallet or what? Like, no, you're ruining the mood. You're ruining the ambience, okay? Now close your eyes. Listen to the sound of my voice. Breathe in. And breathe out. Picture calming images. A babbling brook. Wind blowing lightly through the trees. Now, I want you to picture a Lex Luger TV match. You have now watched this match and I have saved you five minutes of your life. Thanks. <laughs> You're very welcome. I mean, I could have, I could have done with that, you know, yesterday. <laughs> we like to provide a multimedia service here at Days of Thunder. Um, yeah, I, I, it was just every Lex match you've ever seen in your fucking life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, my God, this man can only have like people have the, the audacity to come out and say that Flair always has the same match, Brett always mm-hmm. has the same match. At least the matches are fucking good when it's. <laughs> When it's those two. And you know what 1999 has to bring to us, yeah? It's tracksuit Lex. Oh, I'm kind of here for that. Because, like, I think once we can all agree that he's given up and not keep up this pretense that he's trying. <laughs> 1997 was a long time ago at this stage. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Um, yeah. I'll tell you, do you know who puts in the best working effort in this whole match? Buffs Red Chinos. <laughs> <laughs> biggest star in this match yeah fantastic work getting plenty of TV time we head towards the finish uh, forearm smash from Lex Luger he signals for the rack 
Scott and Buff rush in, beat down Hall and the bell rings. Now, I, ha- I have to ask. Buff and uh, Big Papa Pump are out here to watch Lex's back. Lex has just laid out Hall with one of his big moves. Yeah. Why did they get involved? Well, because his back was turned and they specifically said they were going to watch his back. And perhaps, perhaps the fallen Scott Hall was obscuring their view of his back. So they had to get in the ring and interfere. Oh, makes sense. You know, you, you've got a you're thinking in checkers, and Buff and Scott are thinking in chess. I, I, I just want to say, I probably here. added to the list of examples we have that they're both morons. Yeah. Oh no. Well, hundred percent. Yes, they're fucking idiots of the highest order, and they don't actually um, understand. And the wrestling characters yeah. are too. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, K Dog comes out uh, to tell Lex it was in fact Scott and Buff that had attacked him earlier in the uh, night. I, for one, am shocked. Stunned, you might say. Yeah, they run wild. The B team come out to get their boys as the wolf pack stand tall with Hall, who as soon as he realized what's gone down, he wants none of uh, being associated with the wolf pack seemingly, so he bails. Next, we have our real main event, the interview we've all been waiting for. Uh, Tony is in the ring and in flight invites Flair and Reed in. After a whole night of saying that they were going to speak with the wife and the family, it's just the two sons. <laughs> Beth is there but she just sits in the crowd didn't necessarily need to travel didn't need to worry about it um, I mean would you trust David Flair to get Reed there absolutely yeah but that's fair but like look let's all be honest like Rick was like just behind the fucking curtain probably um, having fake heart attacks again would you separate. trust Rick to get Reed <laughs> yeah, okay right okay yeah I get you we've, all, he- I get we've you. all heard stories about yeah. Rick on airplanes this is true um so, Bischoff, uh, coming out here with his tail between his legs. He apologises and says he understands that the pr- uh, the pressure he put on Flair legally and creatively, and that's the point where I'm just like, oh, fuck off with your fourth wall bollocks, you cunt. <laughs> um, I completely, oh man, did I lose patience for Eric in this. He's been, and I love the he's been all over the show. Yeah, oh, this was the Bischoff show. This is every bit of the the Bischoff vanity project. This is him going for Academy Award consideration um, in this program. He said that um, you know, you know, he understands David Flair wants to be a wrestler, if you can call what he ends up being a wrestler. And uh, he says that you know your father is leaving again, acting like he's dead. Says your father has left pretty big boots to fill. Uh, but you know what? I think you can fill it, which is the funniest joke Eric Bischoff has ever told. Um, he says he wants to close this story and he gives a very smarmy get well soon to Rick. He said he's especially sorry that his dad has such a weak ass heart and he's sorry for kicking his ass. And he gut punches David. Uh Barry Windham and Brian Adams are out. Brian is just holding up Reed, who's kicking and screaming on his shoulder, and Windham is beating on David. Bischoff then paintbrushes David as Beth tries to pull him out. And then, as if I didn't hate this angle enough, we go off the air with Bischoff forcing himself on Flair's wife. Yeah. Of all the things to close out what was really a fucking horrible episode of Thursday Night Bischoff. We get that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the in-ring action, not it really bad wasn't. On this show, yeah, but like it's but just the, yeah. This whole story 
bollocks of the highest it order. It sours it so much. Now, do you know what the real... I was thinking about this afterwards. And do you know what the real inside baseball thing... To, if you wanted to break the fourth wall and talk about, like, what Bischoff is really like and his, uh... And his, like, his beef with Flair and beefs he's had with wrestlers in the past. Do you know what they should have done? Go on. And it's what... I had forgotten what the angle was at the end of this. And I thought this is what he was going to do because it made perfect sense for the Bischoff character and for what people know about Bischoff to do. When he says that line, he said he's especially sorry that your dad has such a weak heart. I thought he was going to say, and I'm especially sorry that we have to terminate him on site. And give him the FedEx Mm -hmm. (laughs) of his termination papers to deliver to Flair. I thought that would have been perfect for Bischoff with the whole, you know, yeah, he fired yeah, Austin over the people, phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, um, that would have been perfect. But perhaps that was something that was inside baseball, uh, too inside baseball for Bischoff in as much as that it would have bruised his ego to kind of admit to and that. And you know what? It, it's weird to say, but in, like, late, late 1998, WWE hadn't, you know, hit people over the head Yeah with the fact that Bischoff fired people by FedEx. Yeah. It was definitely known. It was known, but it because, wasn't. Because obviously Austin was talking about it on ECW when he, it is yeah, a cup of coffee it, there. It but. wasn't fucking, you know, the way they'd put on every DVD. Yeah. But I, I thought that would have been a much better way to do the angle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but whatever. <laughs> it's over now. What did you think of this episode of Thunderly? And also, who were your winners and losers? I did like I didn't hate the episode. Like I said, like there was actually decent in ring action. Um, like I liked the DDP giant package. I liked the Ray Hoovy Kidman flashback stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just the Ric Flair Eric Bischoff stuff all over the show. And like you say, it's every second tour segment is Eric Bischoff. Or Ric Flair, mm-hmm. or a flashback to Nitro, or his family arriving, or Bischoff being somber, or and like it's just all over the poxy show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Winners and losers. Winners are obviously Big Papa Pump and Scott Steiner and uh, Buff Bagwell. Of um. Not like genuinely. I. I. I think they're made to look like morons, but I can't help but enjoy them. Um. Entertaining morons. Yes. Losers, um, I mean, Luger looks like a fucking idiot for even listening to these two. Yeah, he's a loser. Bischoff is a big uh, loser on this show. I, I didn't even want to go there. The, the, whole, the, the city of Charlotte fucking loses. The city of Charlotte loses because all they wanted all night was flair. Like, and it's you thought an maybe there was an outside run. chance of like in his hometown that you get him to come out and do the triumphant run in. Like, why do you have the man suffer a heart attack on Nitro knowing that Thunder is in his hometown? Like, yeah. they wouldn't have to have sweetened the crowd for the man coming out yeah. for a promo. Never mind the match. You want to talk? There, there are people out there who will earnestly not buy into the narrative that WCW actively fucked with. Ric Flair for years. <laughs> you know, there are people who go, ah, oh, you know, he's probably exaggerating that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> They've been, they had been trying since 1988 to replace him. Yeah. They, to no success. They tried to put him in different variations of the horseman. They put yeah. him, 
They tried to make him quit. They cut his hair, gave him an earring, yeah. tried to make him quit, made him walk away from yeah. the company, didn't tell him how important he was to the fucking turn or boy in the company. Gave him fake heart attack. Buried him in the Buried him in the desert. desert. Told him. Put him in an asylum. He was old, made him crazy. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, like, God, like. Shaved his hair again. All they had to do was say, this is Ric Flair. Ric Flair has been with this company since 1980, whatever. He is a linchpin of this company. He is our Babe yeah. Ruth. May, it started along the track of a storyline where he was going to be the actual father of his son's girlfriend's daughter fiance's uh, baby yeah god we've got some great stuff ahead of us Lee um, <laughs> can you feel the excitement well, like, all, like I say all they have to do was say this is Ric Flair he's a bastard but yeah. god we love him yeah all they had to do was just like ladies and gentlemen Ric like, Flair I let him fucking post 1996 <laughs> the man never had to be a heel he could have just yeah. been Ric Flair yeah he didn't need like fucking a character he was Ric Flair Anyway, yeah. um, for better or worse, he was always Ric Flair. Seeing um, as it's our go home show, do we? Are you doing? Oh, I have it here. Okay. But we have one more bit of business left, and that is the finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borga. We have seven matches, four clean finishes, one DQ or count out, one interference leading to a finish, and one other slash non finish. Um, Lee, the prediction game. It's that time of the month, as you just alluded to. Starcade 1998 boasts nine okay. matchups. So it's not the worst we, we've ever had. But, I was expecting uh, 13 yeah. or so. I don't know why, but it was. And in terms of like, I'm kind of scanning up and down. And I think you'd be able to, I think you'll get, you know, higher than you might expect. There's only... There's maybe two matches that I... I, I I don't think you'd get to okay. uh, logically. Okay, right. <laughs> so, right. Go. I'm going to delete these because uh, what I've done is this time I've gotten a little bit more professional and I've copied and pasted them into my notes. <laughs> so I'm going to delete them as you say them. Goldberg and Kevin Nash. Goldberg and Kevin Nash. No disqualification match for the WCW World Heavyweight title. DDP and the Giant. DDP and the Giant. Okay. Chris Jericho and Conan. Yes, for the world television title. They mentioned that with Ralph. <laughs> they mentioned that on this show. Um Okay, now we have the triangle match Ray, Hoovy and Kidman for the Cruiserweight title. We certainly do. You have five matches left, my friend. Okay, now I'm trying to think of feuds on the show. Eric Bischoff and Ric Flair. For control of yes. WCW, I believe. For yes. 90 days? I believe so. Um. Okay, so we have four matches remaining. We're getting, we're getting down to matches that... Do you know, I think you'd have a decent shout at one... So maybe you'd have a pretty decent shout of guessing one of these and the other three are fucking moonshots. Okay. Is there a US title match? There is not. Okay. Is there a tag title match? 
there is a tag team match, but it is not uh, involving or for the tag team title. Makes sense. Um, God forbid you'd have them on a pay-per-view. Is it Buff and Steiner as the tag team? Uh, Nope. Would you believe, even though they've been all over TV all month, that neither man has a match at this point? I would. I really would. <laughs> um, Scott Hall wouldn't be on the show because that wouldn't make sense for his run in. Um, um, no, yeah, he has no match. Raven and Canyon, are they the tag team? They are not. Ah, uh, just give me the three matches. Go on. You've got oh, four. four. Sorry. Yeah, I'll get. I'll give you a hint okay. for one of them. There is a cruiserweight title match. We know there's a cruiserweight title match. There's another one. Ray versus Eddie. You've got one half right. Kidman Eddie. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now, the other three. The other three. And yeah. This is going to, I'll tell you what, Lee, you're going to be up out of your chair, pacing in the den with excitement at these Titanic I'm guessing these three matches open the show, so come on, hit me with them. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what order, because, you know, we're spoiling the matches. I don't want to spoil all the fun of the pay per view. Singles match Norman Smiley. Versus the flat pack sovereign Prince Ikea. Singles match Perry Saturn versus Ernest the Cat Miller with Sonny Ono. And tag team match Brian Adams and Scott no, Norton no, with Vincent no. versus a tag team that I don't think you would guess if I gave you 100 years. <laughs> Fit Finley and Jerry Flynn. Sorry. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's uh, Brian Adams and Scott Norton with Oh, Vincent no, no. I, I, I heard you. Like, I just can't comprehend though, that combination of four people. Yeah. Yeah. Why, on the biggest show of the year, are you giving us that fucking... I'll tell you what. I'll tell you now, because uh, I, I'm going to say... If they don't do this, I'll be enraged. And I know they won't do this, and I will be enraged. If they do not call this tag team Fit Flinley, I'm throwing a fucking strop. <laughs> <sighs> like, Benoit Malenko are right there. They are, yeah. Well, they're not right there, because they're not on the, the card, mate. tag team champions are right there. Yeah. Not only that, but, like... Benoit Malenko are wrestling the NWO on WCW Saturday night. <laughs> Canyon and Raven have been a, a prominent tag team. Yeah. Who currently have a storyline on television. I can't. <laughs> I, I don't get it. The LWO. Yeah. Just make a tag team out of the LWO. Yeah. No, they didn't do that, mate. It's uh, Fit Flinley all the way. <laughs> They're going for the straps, mate. I don't think they are, Dave. I really don't. Nah, straight for the straps. Who, by Sunday, may be held by God knows who. They may have the tag team titles, but oh, the time the view happens. Who knows? Uh, 
Yeah, it's a distinct possibility. It is very WCW to maybe award a uh, a tag team title to somebody in their first known tag team match. I mean, look, anything's possible. Anything is possible. And on that very hopeful note, God, <laughs> we will leave you all to it. Uh, you can join us in a couple of weeks for our Starcade extravaganza to close out 1998 WCW. We made it. On an... On a number of levels, it's going to be a real big show. Uh, we look forward to it. We hope you'll join us for it. Get the word It'll be out. emotional. Uh, yeah, it will certainly be emotional. All right, Vinnie Jones. Um, I, I, re- <laughs> uh, I often say on the program, you know, tell a friend, tell an enemy, get the word out there. You know, we're hitting our final show with the big WCW show of the year, a very consequential show for WCW history. It's a really good point. If you have friends or, you know, you've seen people on Twitter or forums who are humming and hawing about wanting a new wrestling podcast or maybe they've been thinking about hopping on Days of Thunder. We've heard that a couple of times from people in this last month or so where they finally started the big watch or listen to Days of Thunder from the start uh, binge, which it blows our mind every time that, that somebody would want to listen to hours upon hours upon hours, two and a half years of our podcasts, but uh, we're incredibly flattered mm-hmm. by it. But uh, there has probably not been a better jumping on point for people in quite some time to our podcast than this. Um, and before I close out, I will also say, as a plug, um, to listen to our new mini-series presented by Days of Thunder, The Cast and the Furious, where myself, Chris Damasceno from Strong Style Story of this parish, and my good buddy Jack Lazell, hater of Hook and co-host of Link to the Cast. And with, with bad me. opinions. Uh, bad opinions. Um, we uh, break down the Fast and Furious films leading up to F9 uh, happening at the end of June. Each episode's going to be out, you know, roughly about, you know, every 10 days or so. And uh, each episode will talk two of the films um, leading up to F9, as I said. So check those out. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, all that good stuff. Um, for Days of Thunder, I've been Dave Ryan. He's been Liam Alone. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone, for downloading another episode of Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder is produced by Lee Malone and edited by myself, Dave Ryan, and available every second Thursday night wherever good podcasts are sold. You can follow Days of Thunder on Twitter or Instagram, where we love to hear from our listeners about all things wrestling and beer. We're at WCW Thunderpod on both platforms. I'm at the day to Dave on Twitter, and Lee is at Malone underscore 713. This has been a production of the PWOM Podcast Network. Subscribe there for a veritable feast of podcasting content from wrestling of the past, like the Worldcast, through the years in the International House of Combat, to wrestling of the present, with Boom Goes the Dynamite and Strong Style Story, and something a little bit different with Gideon Guys, Yours, Mine, and the Truth, and Busting Balls. Subscribe now, you won't be disappointed. Thanks. I can feel the thunder that's breaking in your heart. I can see through the scars inside you I can feel the thunder that's breaking in your heart I can see through the scars